Welcome to Transparent Homeschooling. This is Carla Gibbons. Today's episode is so special. I chat with Robin Meadows. She is an author of Overwhelmed by My Blessings, The Unexpected Homeschooler, and various other devotionals on version. So go and check her out. I did Overwhelmed by My Blessings with some friends at the beginning of the summer, and that's when I first heard about her. And I just absolutely loved it. I learned so much. I gained so much. I'm still thinking about some of the things that I read in that book and still implementing them in my life today. And we talk about this on the episode. We talk a little bit about some of it on the episode today. So I can't wait for you to hear more about that. But she has seven children who she homeschooled all the way through. And so she is on the other side of this. And so it's just, it's, it's so nice to hear someone who has done it, someone who has been there, who knows our struggles, but who's on the other side of those struggles. And she's just so encouraging. She's so helpful. She's so wise. And I'm, I just can't wait for you to hear our conversation. I also, I had never met her before. And so we, we talked like we were, like we were friends. She's just so much fun to talk to. So this one is just really exciting to do. And I can't wait for you to hear it. So go and check her out on Instagram, Mini Meadows. You can also, like I said, search for her devotionals on version, or you can buy her book, Volume 1 and 2 of Overwhelmed by My Blessings on Amazon. Also, like and share my podcast. If you could leave a review and like it on Apple Podcasts, subscribe on Spotify if you listen there. Or you can leave um, you can leave comments on PodPage and on Instagram, Facebook. You can find me any of those places. So just let me know that you're listening, and if you if you like what you hear, please share it with your friends. And here is the episode with Robin Meadows. Enjoy. How are you today? I'm so good. How are you? Thank you so much for being on here. Oh, what a blessing. Thank you for asking me. So first, I just want you to tell everybody just a little bit about who you are and your family and where you live and just things like that. Sure. Uh, My name is Robin Meadows. Um, I like to say that I'm the wife of one and the mom of many. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been married to the same man for 46 years. His name is Dirk. And um, we kind of grew up together in youth group and got married and um, started having children and having more children and having mm-hmm. more children. And we ended up with seven children. And so um, we, we, um, we live out in rural uh, north of Edmond, Oklahoma. It's in the central part of Oklahoma. And uh, we live out on the acreage. And three of our grown children live out here with us on this property. And we have 10 of our grandchildren live out here, but we have 22 grandchildren. Wow. And so we have a large, great, big family that is just wild and wonderful. And uh, it's just a lot of fun. A lot of fun. That is awesome. So you homeschooled all of your seven children, right? What are they all up to now? From the very beginning, we homeschooled. Um, 
Well, how long do you have? How long is this podcast? Because I could talk <laughs> to my family all day long. <laughs> I mean, we can keep going and I'll edit out whatever. <laughs> <laughs> okay, my, um, my oldest daughter lives out here with her family that she has four children. And um, she's my mini me. And some of y'all will uh, understand what I mean by that. We butted heads a lot as she was growing up. And she's so much like me that it's just incredible. And of course, she was the one that always said, I will never be like you. I'm not like you. I will never live in the country. I'm not going to get married. I'm not going to homeschool. And she's doing all of that. <laughs> so that, that's, that's kind of fun. Um, our oldest son also lives out here on our property, and he has um, a wife and four children. Uh, actually, he has six children because he had a marriage before, which is a whole nother story in itself. And um, we ha have another daughter and her husband that live out here with two of their children. One of our daughters actually uh, used to live out here, but they moved up to a, um, a fostering community and they adopted six more children on top of their three that they already had and so they have nine children now wow. and um so it's an incredible story of just what god has done in their life and just of the love and compassion that they have for children that just were left in a really hard situation and so um, that's a great deal um, we have a daughter that lives in Portland, Oregon. She is, uh, she's married. She is a nurse practitioner up there at an emergency room hospital. Um, we have two younger sons. Um, one uh, uh, owns a family business, the same as my oldest son. He plays guitar with our church. And then our youngest son is on a fast track to, uh, to management in Starbucks coffee. So he's married. Our last one was married um, a year ago in June. Wow. You said yeah. that all without even having to think. Like you just, you just know. <laughs> yeah, you just know. I can tell you all their names too, but I won't do that. <laughs> That's awesome. So did you always expect to have a large family? No. In fact, um, I remember telling a friend of mine uh, after we had our third child that I felt so completed and that it was our family. We had just built a new home. We had three bedrooms, we had a bedroom for our son, we had a bedroom for our two daughters, and we even had built a schoolroom slash utility room, and it had three desks in it for our homeschooling, and that was, our family was complete, and I was pregnant as I was telling her that story. Oh, wow. So God, God had other ideas, and when I finally submitted that whole thing to him, he just turned our life into something more than I could even think or imagine. As crazy and as difficult and as hard as it was, um, it's a beautiful life. That is amazing. That's so amazing. I know a lot of people listening have a lot of kids. I have a friend that has 10 and another friend that has nine, so I know this will be really encouraging to them. I feel like homeschoolers have a lot of kids, you know. <laughs> they do. I think it got, kind of goes hand in hand because if you're crazy enough to homeschool in the first place, you're crazy enough to say, okay, God, <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing here, but maybe you do and I'm going to let you be in charge. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. So talk a little about, bit about when you started homeschooling and your reasons for doing that. Okay. Um, you know, I think it was like 1983, probably before most of y'all were even born, um, <laughs> that we fully started. Uh, my oldest daughter was born in 78 and she went to a private church school that we belonged to. And in fact, I was her 
school teacher um, in pre-K four. And so we went and um, every day to school and I would leave my son who was probably about 18 months, two years old with a friend. And we did that for a semester until my friend brought him to me one day and he had walked across her floor furnace and had waffle blisters on his feet. And it was like, okay, I am done. <laughs> Maybe that I didn't have a floor furnace. Anything could happen under my care, but I wanted him under my care. Mm -hmm. And so um, I started staying home at that time and she stayed in the school. She loved it. She loved the K-4. She excelled. She learned how to read very young. We went ahead and entered her into K-5. Um, at that point, she was the only girl in a classroom of nine boys. And we started seeing the effects of her on being around all those boys every day. And just the added expense since I wasn't teaching um, and I had come across some books by uh, Dorothy and Raymond Moore about school can wait and better late than early. And, and I don't even know if those books are in publication anymore, but they're fabulous. And just the idea was planted in me is that I think I could do this at home. And so we started exploring that. My husband had graduated from college and um, his degree was in history and he had become familiar with revisionist history and was not happy with the things that were being taught in schools. And um, we just knew that we wanted to have a relationship with our children and that we wanted to teach our kids godly characteristics. And so around that same time, we found some property north of Oklahoma City and started making the move toward, toward that and moved out to the country. And it just kind of all fell together that um, we were rural. We were, yeah. a, we were kind of isolated in a way and it would just fit that we would start homeschooling. And so that's what we did. And we thought, we'll take it a year at a time. We'll take it a year at a time, see how it goes. And about 33 years later, we were still taking it a year at a time. Wow. That's amazing. That's such a great story. So you said you were kind of isolated just being out in, in a rural area. Did you feel alone in your decision to homeschool? Like right now, it oh, seems yeah. like it's pretty popular. But back then, I mean, I'm guessing oh, yeah. it wasn't. Nobody, nobody even knew what homeschooling was back when we homeschooled. Um, if we went into town during school hours, I had to train my children to say that we had already done school or that you know, that we homeschooled and people didn't know what that was, or somebody would say, oh, my, my um, sister in so-and-so knows somebody that does that up in, you know, whatever. Um, the homeschooling laws in Oklahoma are so, so great for us. Uh, it's written into our constitution that homeschooling is a form of education that's appropriate, and that all we have to do is do the same number of days as the school and we don't have to report anything. We don't have to do anything. So it's a really great thing that um, is written into our constitution here in Oklahoma. So um, at the time we started, there were probably, I don't know, less than 50 families in the whole state that were homeschooling. And we remember a time where we all got together at a church um, a small church, and it was so fun to see other people that were homeschooling. We all share our ideas, and mm -hmm. um, curriculum was so limited at that time. You had a Becca um, if you wanted to have, you know, lots of workbooks and things to sit down and do. You had Rod and staff, 
there was just such limited amount of homeschool curriculum. And so you just, you kind of had to figure it out as you, as you went. Um, you know, it was a time where there was no internet. Um, there were card catalogs at the library and you had to go pull the cards and see, find the book and know the Dewey Decimal System and how that worked. Um, wow. <laughs> and so it, was a, it was a very different time um, of really buckling down and figuring out how to make it work. So yes, isolated. There weren't homeschool co-ops yet. Um, the, the Meadows Life School was, was where it was at and that's what we did and we stayed home and did school and life together and um, you know through the years uh, there were some co-ops that opened up and, and so that was, that was a good thing. We didn't ever really do much of that because of the age span. My kids are 16 years apart from the oldest to the youngest and so that was difficult because when they first started you were expected to go and, and maybe teach while your kids were at school and they didn't have things available for younger kids. And so living rural, we couldn't drive into the city and sit in the car all day with right. younger kids in the car. So that it didn't work really well for us. Um, but later on, some great things like science classes opened for my daughter that wanted to be a nurse and some different things um, that opened up to, um, to give them the needs that were uh, that in, in the uh, area of passion that they were interested in. Wow. That's, yes, that's way different than how things are now. So you have grand, grandchildren who are homeschooled now, correct? Yes, I do. I do. So, uh, several of them are homeschooled. What are some differences that you see between like what your, your kids are facing homeschooling now versus what you did before when you um, started? I think one of the greatest differences is the amount of screens. Yeah. And um, we had to deal with that with our younger two sons um, more than we did with our older kids. But, um, you know, even school is done on a screen nowadays. And yeah. um, so I think, I think that's a lot of it. I, I love, I get to teach some of my grandkids in a homeschool co-op. And so I love that. I love that they have a group of people that are there to support each other and that have some common interests and some common goals and friends that they um, are, are growing up together with. And so I see that it's a great, great thing. Um, but, you know, and the greatest thing is everybody's a homeschooler nowadays, right? Yes. Uh, yeah. It's a very common, common thing. And I love, there was a meme that went around recently of how, how you used to see homeschoolers and they were like Mennonite women Right. Uh, standing on the porch, and then below it was like zen no, like warriors. warriors. Yeah, yeah, warriors. That's how they are today. And it's like, yeah, you used to think that, didn't you? Yeah. So, yeah. So, and if you're well, a homeschool mom, you are a warrior. There is no doubt about it. Absolutely. Um, so, what about some struggles that you faced versus what you see your kids face now, who are homeschooling their kids? Are there any similarities there? Oh yeah, don't you know, if you're a homeschool mom, how many times a week, a day, that you are ready to give up? Oh, and yeah. you're looking for that place where moms go to resign. Yeah. And you have all the insecurities that you're not enough and yeah. that it's very over overwhelming and um, you're inadequate to do the job that, that you feel that God called you to do. And you know, it's, it's such a common thing. Um, in fact, when I was asked to, to write a, a Bible plan for homeschooling moms, 
um, I started out trying to write and I thought, you know what, this is not just a homeschooling mom's issue. It's every mom's issue. Yes. Whether you homeschool, you work or whatever, life with kids is just very overwhelming. And it's more than we can do in our own strength. And we fail when we try to do it in our own strength. Ask me how I know. <laughs> and, um, and so the only way we can have true confidence in what we're called to do is to have God confidence. Yeah. And so that's why I wrote those plans overwhelmed by my blessings. The, the Bible plans that are on you version is because it's hard. Life is hard and we've got to figure out how are we going to do it? How are we going to, to navigate through this homeschooling wife, mom life that we're, we're all at in this time of our life. How are we going to do it? And we're not going to do very well if we try to do it by ourselves. That's what I figured out very, very quickly. Yeah. So I think that's a common thing to all of us is that it's just hard. It's yeah. very hard. And we all want to give up at any given moment of every given day. We, yeah. had, um, we had a school bus that showed up at 645 in the morning and went to the Guthrie School District that we live in. And they would get off the school bus about 5.45 at night. And so that was the only thing that kept me from putting them on the buses because I knew they would be gone for so long all day long and leave in the dark and get home in the dark. And I just couldn't do that. But man, there were some days that I sure did want to. Oh, sure yeah. didn't want to put them on that bus. This is terrible, but I've threatened my kids before. Like, I, I'm just going to take you to school. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I oh, try yeah. not to say don't that. I don't, I don't want school to be a bad thing to them, but. Right, and don't we all say, didn't we all say the things like, well, when I was in school, we had to do da 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 Like, they care about Right, that. yeah. <laughs> <That's not> <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, let's go back a little bit because you were talking about your um, your devotional, Overwhelmed by My Blessings. I did that with some friends at the beginning of the summer back in June, um, and that's what prompted me to ask you to be on here. And there was just something that I wanted to share that really has stuck with me since doing that, and it's when you talked about divine interruptions. Mm -hmm. And so that has just... Um, really helped me. It's, I think about it multiple times throughout the day, because obviously there's always interruptions that are happening. So I just wanted to read a little excerpt from that and then maybe ask you a couple of questions about that, if that's okay. So you wrote, interruptions are what we name the unexpected events in our routine and agenda. That time you had to stop what you were doing and run your husband's work key to his office when your mom phoned at just the wrong time, when you woke up sick, or even worse, your husband comes home sick, when the car needs filling and you're late to work, the potty accidents, the temper tantrums, the spills. What if we began asking God what he has for us in these interruptions? What if we began seeking the fracturing of our schedules and plans as a gift sent to shape and grow us? What if we stopped in the moment and asked God to show us the lesson? What if we shared that moment with our children and husband rather than sharing our huffy exasperation? With a new mindset and perspective change, we can begin calling our interruptions divine appointments instead. Will we allow him to be in charge of our day? So that was just really powerful to me because, you know, I have four kids, I have animals, there's always interruptions, and I get frustrated a lot with those. And I know so many people do. So can you think of, of a time where you had an interruption and you, you had that mindset and you allowed God to use it as a divine 
appointment or divine interruption? Oh gosh, you know, I wrote it because it was my own experiences for sure. <laughs> all the time, all the time. I may have, I don't even know if, I think I said this in the, in the plan is that I had this neighbor and she loved to bring me things and she would bring me things from her garden and different plants and uh, vegetables and all that. And we'd all be seated at the table doing just great schoolwork and we were into it and everybody was paying attention and here we'd see her coming around and, she, and I was like oh no it's gonna be an interruption and she would knock at the door and she would she would be so so gracious with what she had brought and she'd want to talk and I'm sure she was just a little bit lonely and um and so you know what happens when you get a phone call or an interruption is your school and your your kids um of their intensity, the, the way that they're paying attention, it's just gone. Mm -hmm. It just disappears in the moment. Yeah. And you're like, oh no, how are we ever going to get this back? Right. And so it took that for me to understand God is the one in charge of all those moments of all my day. And I don't have to try to, to be intense and be so focused and be disappointed when those things are are gone and to let him order my day that he knew that he saw her coming around the corner that was not a surprise to him he knew yeah. right when it was going to happen he knew she was going to knock at my door and rather than me being focused on my kids in that moment and what i wanted to accomplish because i like to get things accomplished i like those check marks yeah um then to say okay what does he have different for me in this moment? What maybe is he wanting me to change my focus to rather than on what I want to accomplish? And so it really made me step back and know in that time that I missed an opportunity to teach my kids, hold on here a minute, we've got a real opportunity. You know, maybe I could have invited them to the door and say, hi, how are you doing today? You want to come in for something to drink? Yeah. you know, but no, I was trying to hurry her away so we could get back to what I thought was so important. And so when interruptions come in our day and those things that we think are taking away from what's so important, maybe it's really that interruption that is more important than what we think is. So yeah. I just challenge you to just to um, reframe those things mm -hmm. to be something that God has for you in that moment. And don't miss it like I did. Don't miss it. See what it is. And, you know, he doesn't, he's for us. He's not against us. Right. And those things that happen in our day are not to undermine us or to take away from us, to diminish us in any way, but they're to enhance and to build us and grow us. And we're missing out if we think, if we can only see that phone call from our mom or that neighbor that knocks at the most inopportune time, if we see those as interruptions and not divine interruptions, we're the ones that miss out. And right. maybe they do too. Yeah, definitely. No, I love that. The only one I struggle with is the potty accidents. How can we, oh. <laughs> how can we make those? <laughs> the divine interruption. You know, no, the only way I know 
with all that stuff is to do it as unto the Lord. It's just yeah. like, oh Lord, here we go again. Here we yeah. go again. And so we get to practice. We get to practice patience and gentleness yeah. and kindness and That's all those true. things. It's just practicing over and over every day. And sometimes we don't do so well. That um, is true. But we yeah. practice it more, don't we? Every time. With spills, like with spills, I try to use it as a teaching moment to clean up and maybe we can talk about it while we're doing it. But you know, with a potty accident, I haven't really figured that one out yet, but maybe this yeah. will, yeah. this will inspire me. <laughs> it will happen. I've not seen a college kid go to, to uh, school with a diaper yet. So it will yeah. happen, mom. Hang in there. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. I love it. Okay. <laughs> So now that you're on the other side of this homeschooling journey, is there anything that you would go back and tell yourself when you were just starting out, if you could? <laughs> That's a funny one. My husband will be laughing from the other room. Um, one thing that he sat down and talked to me about one time was that, Robin, you need to lighten up a little bit. <laughs> now, I don't know if you are into Enneagram at all, but I'm an Enneagram yeah. 8. And oh, so I'm I, a nine. Uh, okay. Well, he's a nine too. So I'm a pretty strong personality and uh, I want things done like right now or yesterday. Yeah. And uh, there's a right way to do it. And let's just all get to get it done and let's do, do it in the most expedient way without taking very much time. There's no need to waste time. And so I was like clicking along. We had seven kids. I needed things to get done right now. And, and, and so things were getting done, but nobody was smiling about it and especially not me. And so, um, he, he talked to me about learning to lighten up and I was like, what are you talking about? What does that even mean? And, um, and so it kind of took me through a journey of, um, learning to not take myself and what I wanted to get accomplished so seriously. Mm -hmm. And those boxes that I wanted to check off to not see them as something that had to be done by a certain time. And so it's still my struggle. It's still something that we, um, uh, we struggle along together because he, he just likes to take life as it comes. Mm -hmm. And so I'm learning to do that more and more. I, hopefully he agrees with me on that. <laughs> and, um, and that, you know, that life doesn't have to be done in a certain way in a certain time and that it can be done with joy and with harmony and um, with laughter. Mm -hmm. And uh, it doesn't have to, to be done just, just to get done. Right. Um, and that we can enjoy, we can laugh and we can have fun. So yes, I would say, Robin, don't take yourself so seriously. It's going to be okay. And you're not powerful enough to ruin your kids. Oh, that's good. <laughs> oh, that's so good. That's really good advice. I love that. Yeah. Um, so. I also say another thing. Don't take your kids' words and attitudes personally. Don't let what they say go deep into your heart. So many times we want our kids to like us. And so we back off from a standard that we've set mm -hmm. and we'll let them talk us out of things and negotiate. And just because of fear of being too harsh or whatever. And so, and for, we want them to like us. So we let them talk us out of it, out of mom guilt. And, yeah. you know, it's not a good thing. We, we need to redefine what guilt is. That guilt is never yeah. from God. Conviction yeah. is a whole different thing. 
but guilt is always from the enemy. And when we allow him to um, let our kids guilt us, man, we've, we're in for it. And so we can't let their words go deep into our heart. We've got to let it roll off and take it as young minds that really don't, they're kind of dumb. They really don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> they're just learning. We're ahead of them. We're supposed to be ahead of them and not, not fall, no, not fall into line with, with where they're at, you know, and um, be okay with what we, the standards that we've set and not back down from that. You're speaking right to me for that one. So I am a nine. So I like to keep the peace. And so sometimes I think I definitely back down when I shouldn't. So yeah, I definitely feel that one. (laughs) You know, they're just, uh, it's an immature posture when we want to be their friend rather than their leader. I know my daughter is going through some things with her freshman age son right now, where some of his friend's moms want to be the friends and they're, they're allowing things that should not be allowed. And so, you know, a leader is not your friend. A leader is your leader. And, and Mm -hmm. we've got to be okay with that. And our kids are going to respect us for that. Maybe not right now. Um, They'll call you a mean mom, but be that mean mom that they need right now. So that someday they're going to be so grateful. I mean, you can look back in some of the things and the choices that your parents made and know that they were right, even though, you know, it's a kid's natural tendency to push against everything. That's how they learn what the boundaries are. And that's where they find their security is in the boundaries. And so if they can push against a boundary and push it away, then they're not going to be secure. Um, but when you hold firm to what is right and true, they're going to respect you for that down the road because it's what's going to give them security. Absolutely. And I'm guessing you're friends with your kids now. You seem very involved in their lives and your grandkids. It's a fun thing, you know, um, uh, for you moms that do you have moms that have high school kids. Yes. I haven't okay. interviewed any yet, but there are some okay. listening. So for you moms that have high school kids, you may feel a little distant from them right now because they are um, stretching and growing and everything that you stand for, they're probably pushing really hard against that because they are finding out what they believe. And, and we, you know, we want to give them the independence to do that. But yet at the same time, we don't, it's like, what you think, what you're doing, what you're choosing, what? And so um, it feels real resistant and um, against you, but that's when we have to be very careful not to take it personally and see it as part of their growing and stretching. And if it can be done under your roof, that what we call rebellion, I don't like that word necessarily because I think it's just a growing and stretching and a, a, a practicing of what they're going to believe. Um, if we can allow that to happen under our roof, it's a great place for them to, they're going to watch what you do more than listen to what you say. So don't, don't hammer them over the head with the word of God and with you should do this and all the shoulds and oughts, but just live your life and you're going to see that they're going to come back around and you're training them in the way they should go because um, good fruit comes from good trees and you are a good tree. If you're listening to this podcast, if you're reading your Bible, if you're looking for ways to be a better mom, you are a good tree already. And so you're staying connected to the vine. It makes you strong and healthy. And if you're healthy, you're going to, you're going to produce good fruit. So hang on. Don't see it as, um, against you. It's just their, their way of growing and gaining what they, what their belief system is. 
That's really good. What about that guilt though? While they're going through it, do you feel like it was your fault? You know, somebody told me, and I think this is so true that if we feel guilty for the choices that they make, then we're taking responsibility for that. If we take responsibility for that, then we also have to take responsibility for all the good things and the bad things that happen in their life. And um, we're not that powerful. You know, that's, that's Jesus. And so anything that my children are, um, we can't, I can't take credit for that other than that I prayed for him. I tried to set a good example um, I failed many, many times, but I tried to come around and apologize and set a, set a better example in that. You know, my husband talks a lot, of, a lot about growing with our kids that we have to not always see them as a five-year-old, but let them grow up and see them as that 15-year-old and as that 19-year-old and grow with them and let them grow and not just see them as a little child all the time. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that's just really important for us to grow with them. And I think we've done a pretty good job of that with our kids. Um, you know, we, we hang out and it's fun. We have a good time together. Oh, that's so good. I can't wait for that. I mean, I can't wait. I don't want to rush it, but just no, hearing it's so it good. It's so good. is exciting. Cause you know, sometimes we hear people talk about, Oh, just wait till they're high school. Just wait. Like you, you hear a lot of negativity about the future. Right. So right. it's, it's right. hard sometimes. <laughs> sure. But you know, if you expect it, and if you know that, that in those years that they're going to be pushing just as a two-year-old does it's kind of like the um the teens are kind of like the toddler years because they're stretching and learning what they can do and um they have stronger attitudes maybe than they did uh and they're more verbal than when they were two but it's the same kind of thing because they're learning what they you know they're learning how to to make it in the world and if we're hovering over them just like we want to do with our toddlers when they're learning how to walk they'll never learn how to walk if we pick them if we never let them fall they'll never learn how to walk and it's the same thing with our teens if we don't let them fail in some of their practice of being an adult then they'll never be an adult and so don't don't hover over them let let them give them wings give them lift that's what a mother does she gives gives rise to her children Yes. Oh, that's good. That's so good. Okay. One of my good friends um, wanted me to ask you this question. She said, sometimes it's hard to focus on doing what we know is best for each individual child. We often fall into the comparison trap and we listen to advice and opinions of those around us who, although often well-meaning, don't know our kids like we do, and they may make us question ourselves and cause us to lose confidence. Have you er ever experienced this? And do you have any advice for those of us who are dealing with this right now? Yeah, you know, each, each child is so individual and unique. Mm-hmm. And um, here's the thing. You are not enough for your children. Mm-hmm. There is not enough of you to go around for two children. There's just not enough. And so to wrap your brain around and admit that you're not enough. And here's the beauty of that is that if you were enough for all that you have to do, then your children would never have any need for Jesus in their life. And so there has to be some type of a void there for them to need to reach out to Jesus as a savior. And so be okay with that. Be okay. It will set you so free if you'll know that you're not enough, that you don't have to be enough. And all you're doing is loving your kids 
and living your life as an example to lead them to Jesus. You know, we can focus on, you know, did I put them on in all the right classes? Did I, what if I didn't put them in sports and a, a soccer and they were going to be a soccer star? What if I missed it? What, what if all these things? And we, we get all hung up on thinking that we are the end all and the solution to everything that our kid's going to be. But we forget that God is a great big God and that he can work all things for their good and for his glory, if we'll just get out of the way sometimes, you know, and just let him. And so if we'll just live in freedom, love our kids, love our husband, that we could talk a whole podcast about loving your husband. <laughs> love your husband. Don't forget about him, girls. Okay. He's your number one. But spend time on your relationship and don't worry about the rest of it. It's all going to come. God is magnificent. He he can open up doors that you would have never thought of for your children. And so just pray, stay close to him. He will make it happen. You don't have to. Now, did you feel this way going through it? Or is this more like now? No, I, it's something that I had to learn. Um, yeah. You know, I think living rural and um, sometimes it was like there weren't the opportunities. Like my kids couldn't go mow somebody's neighbor, I mean, neighbor family's yard because yeah. there weren't any neighbors, yeah. you know? And so the opportunities seemed less sometimes. And so you have to, to take that before Jesus and say, what does this mean? Is it, is it something that's missing in my kid's life? Or is it something that you're sowing something different into them because of our circumstances? Mm. And that's, yeah. that's the way I had to reframe it. And I saw it to be true that it, that it was, we, if I'd be okay with it, they would be okay with it and not feel like they were missing out. And yeah. um, we're not missing out. We live in a great time to provide our kids with so many opportunities. Everything is available and we need to be okay and feel like that, that, that it's there. We need to be open to that possibility and know that we don't have to make it happen. We don't have to make sure they're ready for college. We don't have to, you know, all this stuff that we're striving for, it just can wear us out and wear us down and just love them, just love yeah. them and relate and teach them the basic things of how to read and write and how to do some math and they're going to be okay. And their own skills are going to carry them a long ways. Yes. Oh, I know so many people who need to, to hear this right now, myself included. So speaking of college, did you, um, is that something you were concerned about when your kids were in high school and you're thinking about college? Did you have any issues with any of them getting into college because they were homeschooled? Anything like that? No, you know, every, um, every college will take your money. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody will turn you down. So no, that was never an issue. Um, my oldest daughter went to college and um, she was, a, a, she excelled. She was a great student. Um, she put herself through college. Uh, that was something that my husband felt very strongly about. He put himself through and he felt like if that was something you wanted to pursue, that you would value it a lot more if you, uh, if you paid for it yourself. And I know that's up to each family, what they decide to do with that. I know a lot of families that think every child is going to college, there's no question about it. I'm, you know, that's, that's up to you. Mm -hmm. um, we had several children that did uh, trade schools mm -hmm. and technology school. We, uh, one of my daughters is a hairdresser 
And uh, one of my sons is a welder. Um, we have a son that is an entrepreneur. And so, and my daughter, that's a nurse, of course, went to college for many, many years. And uh, of course she paid for it herself too. And um, she's, she makes a lot of money now to make sure that loans all paid off. And so, um, you know, you want to prepare your children to reach the goals that they want to reach. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's nothing that we ever pressed on them that they had to do uh, mm-hmm. was to go to college. And um, if, if you choose that you want your kids to go to college, more power to you, you know, if that's what you choose. Um, I think there's a lot of opportunity out there for for anybody, um, no matter whether you go to college or trade school or entrepreneur or whatever. Um, it's so fun. That's one of the beauties of homeschooling is seeing the passions of your kids and how they develop and step into those things and pursue them with the giftings that God gave them. Uh, It's just really fun to watch and to see them, especially uh, teenagers step into uh, learning the things that they're passionate about. And every one of my kids would tell you the beauty of homeschooling was the fact that they could focus on what they were interested in. And, and so, and I saw that happen over and over again. And, um, and it's true. And many of them were in managerial type positions at a very young age because of their work ethic, because of their abilities that they had learned things at very young ages. And, um, and so there's just a lot of opportunity out there. If we'll let them dig into it and not make them adhere to a, certain curriculum uh to fit in a box mm-hmm. they're going to really soar they're going to do really well. so all of your kids i love that they're all doing different things on different paths were you surprised yep. by what they chose or did you kind of know like you could see oh yeah i could totally see her as a nurse uh, you know yeah my daughter that was that is a nurse she knew that at a uh, age of 11 she knew wow. she wanted to be a nurse. Yeah, she had taken care of my dad when he was very ill. She had been really hands-on, and uh, that was something she was very interested in. My son, that's a welder, we knew that whatever he did was going to be something with his hands. Yeah, Academic, like uh, reading came very difficult for him. Writing came very difficult. Um, it was a struggle. But man, when he could do something with his hands, it was beautiful mm-hmm. and very artistic. And so um, he's a great reader and he can write. He still prints to this day. His, even when he signs his name, it's in, print, it's in printed form rather than cursive. Yeah. But, um, but what an artist he is and yeah. the things that he can build. And um, so it's just very beautiful to see all of them. I'm, my, one of my daughters is a writer. And, um, and so we knew that at very young that she was going to be a writer. She's very good at it. She has, some pod, uh, she has a podcast uh, and... Uh, some new version plans. Both of my daughters do. My oldest and um, my daughter, Anna, have a podcast called The Axis Podcast. And so that would be worth looking at. And they're eight years apart, very different personalities. That's a fun thing. Um, And then they have uh, plans plans on new version also. Anna wrote about uh, insecurity and that was kind of her story, um, talking about she grew up overweight and how that was something that really held her back from being who God wanted her to be and how she overcame that. And so, um, you know, all of our lives are, and the things we go through with our kids, I've told y'all a story and, and, and you have to understand, I'm giving you the, um, 
the version of kind of like childbirth, like, yeah, having children is great. And um, the birth, the birth, you know, we're talking about, I'm talking about it like it's this little minuscule thing, but y'all are in the labor of it right now. And so for me to say, oh yeah, it's so wonderful. Um, um, y'all are in the thick of it right now. And so I know it's so hard. I remember, I'm going to tell you this though, the best is yet to come hold on and endure and make it but in the in the middle of it it's messy and hard and difficult and you're going to have to figure out how you're going to hold on and make it in the middle of that and if you do when you do it's going to be so worth it and yeah. so um yeah there's beautiful stories on the other side and this is what we want it's we all want about to relationship. this is so refreshing to hear that that's what we want because so many of us worry about the future we worry if we're yeah. messing our kids up what are their yes. futures going to be like are they yes. going to get jobs are they going to go to college are they going to do you know they are. so they are they're going to yeah. do all of that and more <laughs> and so you just take a big deep breath and just hug them and love them and know that it's all going to work out and you can't do anything to make them love you more and you can't do anything to ruin them. Just live your life and quit worrying about it. It's going to be okay. Yeah, absolutely. But you worried about it too, right? You did too. Oh yeah, I did. But I'm telling you, I'm on their side. And that's yeah. something I would say. Quit worrying about it. Do you say these things a lot to your kids who homeschool yes, their all kids? all the time. All the yes. time. And you know, they're so, they're so gracious to come and say, mom, you know, how did you do this? And now I know how you did it. And this is so hard. And, you know, uh, it's just, it's very refreshing to, for them to come. It feels validating. Have any of uh, them apologized them. to you for? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. yes. And I've apologized to them too. So. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it. Okay. I've kind of gone out of order for our questions. So let me see. Okay. So I have another friend who asked, with seven kids, your house had to have gotten loud and chaotic sometimes, or a lot. Do you have any tips on how to keep the homeschool day somewhat peaceful or how to keep the mama sane while the house isn't peaceful? And this mom, she has three kids, and she said that they are very, very loud. She says they take after her husband's side of the family, and she does not like loud. So she's like, help me. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, I don't like loud either. Um, there would be times in the day where I'd say, okay, everybody outside. Yeah, and so, I do that too. you know, mm -hmm. just to give yourself a little mental break, but you know, we tried to keep the mess in the back part of the house as much as possible. Mm -hmm. And you know, the farther back you would go in my house, the worse it would get. But we tried <laughs> to keep our living area picked up. We would have a 10 minute cleanup, I would set the timer, we would go around and do as clean up as much as we could, especially before daddy got home, um, to make it a livable space. Uh, we had a routine every morning that we, um, we got up at the same time. We uh, sat down to have breakfast at the same time. We um, did Bible reading at the same time. There were certain things that we tried to do as a group. And mm -hmm. then we would break off from there to do schooling. Um, I tried to do quite a bit of schooling with as many as I could mm -hmm. together. Um, and then uh, give age appropriate assignments from whatever we were learning, you know, like history Mm -hmm. um, language, whatever like that. That was one way that I was able to homeschool several different ages where we weren't all doing separate, separate work. 
Um, we, my kids clean the house. We had chore mm -hmm. cards that we did every day. And I even had to make stuff up to have enough for them all to do to keep things busy, <laughs> like um, wipe down the tops of the door sills and, yeah. <laughs> you know, things like that. Just to, the picture frames, wipe down the picture frames, just to have enough for everybody to do. And mm -hmm. I would, I had a chore card system where I would set them out every day. And um, my kids tell stories about how they would slip their cards under one of the other siblings' cards. <laughs> uh, you know, so there's always that. But we, we tried to have a system and a loose system, but something that we could, to, could go by. Um, I tried to make sure that school was done by early afternoon mm -hmm. for my own sanity. Yep. <laughs> we also did a four day a week school. Um, for the most part, we did light school on Friday for my sanity. <laughs> and, um, and so, you know, we did a lot of things that they didn't know were truly for my own um, ability to make it as a human being. Um, but uh, with a system in place that just helped me a lot. We had a rest time in the afternoon. We had an mm -hmm. hour of silence. I didn't care mm -hmm. if you slept or if you read or, but you were going to be quiet for an hour. That was yeah. also for my sanity. So. <laughs> that <laughs> so all sounds we, very similar to what we're doing yes, this you year. Have to the do things yeah. that make it work for you. You yes. have to find what works for you. And that's, that's what homeschooling is. It's not school at home. It's making your home a place that you can learn. And right. so it's going to look like you. It's going to look different than mine. It should. Yeah. And um, it, we shouldn't all look the same. We're missing, at, we're missing out on the beauty and the freedom of it if, if it all looks the same. Yeah, we started a chore chart and that helps so much. I'm more of like a just go with the flow person. Like if I tell you to do something, I want you to just do it then. But that just didn't really work for my kids. They need to know what they're supposed to do and when and then what they can do when they're done with that. Yes. So I've really tried, even though I'm not really a scheduler and a chart person, I've really implemented that this year and it's helped a lot. Right. It's helped my right. sanity and right. it's helped just the right. flow of our whole school day and everything. Yeah. So, <laughs> yep. Someday you'll have a cleaner, someday you'll have time to clean your house and it will stay cleaner than it, than it used to. There won't be Legos to walk on and little Barbie clothes and shoes and all that kind of thing all over the place. And um, some people ask me sometimes, do I miss that um, messy house? And I don't, I don't you miss know. a messy house. <laughs> do I like my quiet? Yes, I do enjoy that. Um, but you know, it, it was a beautiful time and I don't, I don't look back with regrets on it. Um, but I do celebrate today. Um, it's, it truly is the best is yet to come. My mom used to tell me, Robin, enjoy these days while your kids are young because they're your best days. And mm -hmm. she wasn't wrong on very many things, but she was wrong on that because I don't even think my best days have really yet happened. Wow. I think they're still coming. I, that, I just love that so much because we don't ever hear people say that. We hear people say, you know, don't take this for granted. You're going to miss the mess. Um, enjoy it now. Enjoy every moment. And we want to do that. But then that just makes us feel guilty when we're not doing yeah. that. Yeah. You know? <laughs> no guilt. Don't do the mom guilt. Yeah. yeah. You're going to enjoy it. I promise. <laughs> enjoy it now, but you'll enjoy it better. <laughs> Love it. Okay. So we talked a little bit about struggles. Um, can you think of any like major struggles that you had and how did you get through those? Oh gosh, we went through so many things. Um, I told you we went through, uh, my son had a, another marriage. Well, we went through a teenage pregnancy in his teen years. So yes, that was a major struggle. Mm -hmm. And um, it taught me things I didn't even know I needed to know. And, um, you know, we had this 
this easy homeschooling life and we were doing all the right things and checking all the right boxes and reading all the right books and and yet that still happened and so um you know to think that um homeschooling means you're going to have a perfect life all tied up in a nice little pink bow is probably was probably very naive of me uh, don't let it be naive for you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when things happen, it's just to approach it with, um, okay, this matter of factly, this happened. So now what, how are we going to deal with this? And, um, and so we did and made it through. It was very, very hard thing for me to go through. I think a lot of my um, background of thinking that obedience brought, brought a blessing that um, I saw blessing as all good things that looked rosy and pretty and butterflies instead of seeing that blessing sometimes comes packaged in things that aren't quite as pretty and, um, and that it's still a blessing. And so I learned a lot in that time about myself and um, he has his own wonderful redemption story to tell about, about that whole experience. But, um, you know, life, life is just hard. And like I said, now you got to figure out what, how are you going to ha- handle it? And what are you going to do about it? Mm-hmm. And um, God is so faithful and he's so there for us. And he is not, he never abandons us. Mm-hmm. He's not asking for pack, perfection from us. He's act, asking us just to join his hand and go through the journey with him. And he's always Absolutely. there for us. And realize we're not in control. That's what's hard no. sometimes is yes. to realize we're not, we're not the ones in control. We can't tro- yes. control our kids and what they're going to do. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely much as we want to that that's what that's really hard for me sometimes too well thank you for sharing that that was that was really beautiful so let's feel like we've talked about a lot of the things that I had sent you to ask about do you have any some encouragement or advice maybe a specific bible verse that has always helped you get through you know, some people ask me that sometimes, and I always go back to Lamentations 3, because it just talks about, you know, that, that life is hard, and, and how all the things that Jeremiah went through, and how difficult it was, and, you know, he was bringing the good news, and uh, to, to people that rejected it, and yet he just kept pressing on, and he would, and he talked about how, you know, you've done this to me, God, and you've done this to me, and you've let this happen, and you've let this happen, and yet, great is your, great is your faithfulness to me every morning, your mercies are new, Mm -hmm. and so I think that's probably the message of my story, is that life is hard, but God is faithful, Mm -hmm. and his mercies are new every morning, and we get to have a choice every moment of every day to turn our eyes and our gaze back to him, no matter what we're going through. And if we put our focus on a clean house, Mm -hmm. good kids, perfect kids, um, if we put our focus on that, we're probably going to be disappointed because it's not always going to work out that way. But if we keep our gaze on him, he never disappoints us Mm -hmm. and he never leaves us. He never fails us. He's always there no matter what. And I, I think that would be my passage. Go read the whole thing, um, yeah. the whole chapter, and you'll, you'll see what I'm talking about. And, it, and it's the true, you'll feel like that as a mom often, mm-hmm. is that, God, you've just brought so much on me. What's going on here? Mm-hmm. And, and yet we can come to the point where we say, great is your faithfulness to me. You're there always, every morning. Yes, absolutely. Well, let's talk about your devotional, Overwhelmed by My Blessings. When did you write that and where can everybody go to find that? Okay, I 
think it's probably been out about three years now. Um, I originally um, wrote it uh, and put it out at five days at a time. And then about the 10th week, I was talking to the, the lady that had asked me to write it. And I said, I think we probably need to bring this to a close. And she said, Satan, get behind me. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I kept going. And in fact, I put out the first part of it. I went ahead and put it into book form because people kept writing me and saying, where can I get this in paper yeah. form? I want to underline and I want a dog ear. And, I, yeah. and so I went ahead and put out the first uh, six weeks into a book. And, um, and so there's two volumes now available on Amazon called Overwhelmed by My Blessings. And the reason there's two volumes is because the second part hadn't even been written when the first part was published. And so um, those are available on version, but also on Amazon. And then I have several other Bible plans that I've published on version also since then. Okay. So you can so go I've done... search for my name and find them. Okay, uh, I've done The Unexpected Homeschooler. Mm -hmm. I've got one on gardening, uh, about gardening, uh, lessons okay. from my garden, because I love to garden. And so I wrote one about that. I've got one about affirmations, whether you're going to choose um, God or yourself to affirm you. Um, I've got one called choices. Actually, that was my first plan because I had written it for a homeschool co-op for mid high school, uh, high school kids and um, about choices, just the everyday choices that we make. Are we going to choose uh, God, are we going to choose another way? Because if we, another way chooses us. So there's several on there. So I'm also on Instagram at many meadows, um, is my tag there. And if you want to email me, I'm many meadows at Gmail or many meadows at Yahoo. So it's M A N Y. So you can find me. Find oh, I can't me wait to way. check out your other devotionals. I didn't even realize you had so many. Yeah, I've got uh, hope as a person, love as a person. So there's quite a few on there. I'm going to check them out. So I know yeah. you've talked a lot about gardening. Did you, when, when your kids were younger, did you have a garden then? And did you guys have farm animals or anything like that? Yeah, we, we've had horses and we've had goats and we've had chickens and we've had the whole nine yards, but um, we've always had a garden. Uh, none of my kids were very passionate about working in the garden. Uh, my grandkids are more so, and some of my grown kids now uh, will come over and help help me in the garden. They sure love the fruit out of it anyway. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, we're still getting still getting a lot of tomatoes out of the garden right now, and um, and so it's it's kind of winding down. It's here in Oklahoma. We're we're having some warm days, and but very cool nights sometimes. So mm -hmm. it's winding down. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. This is amazing. So, do you have just any before we? go off. Do you have anything else you want to say or you want to say bye to everybody? Should I pray for everybody or just sure. um, say Absolutely. goodbye? Let me pray for them. Okay. okay. All right. Father, we just come to you right now, Father, for all these mamas out here listening. Father, I pray that you would just, um, that your grace would be heavy on them and that your love would be very tangible with your arms around them for them to know that they are chosen and loved um, that they are seen, that they are known by you, Lord. And in their moments of um, feeling alone and forgotten and insignificant, Father, I pray that you would be there in that moment to remind them that, that you love them so much. 
Father, that they have a future, that you see them, that you are working all things for their good and for your glory, Jesus. Father, I pray that they'll know that their kids really belong to you, Jesus, and that they're only responsible to love them and to live for you before them as an example. Father, give them the freedom and the joy and the laughter and love that they need just to make it every day. Give them creativity, Lord, to, um, to enjoy their days and to educate with just fun and joy and laughter in their home. Father, give their, I pray for peace over their homes. Father, I pray for their marriages. I pray that they will always put their husband first before their kids. Um, Father, they're going to have a long time to spend with their husband, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Father, I pray that they'll sow toward that even today. Give them creativity and great ideas and fun things to do with their husbands too. Father, we pray, and I just thank you so much for this time. I pray over this podcast. I pray your grace and goodness will just carry it um, to the people that need to hear it. And we, we love you, Jesus. We believe that the best is yet to come, Father. And we just look to you. We keep our gaze on you and our hope only in you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Robin. It was such a joy to talk to you. I can't wait to hear what everyone thinks about this episode. I just thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. In fact, it wasn't long enough when I went back and listened and edited. I thought of so many more questions that I should have asked. So who knows? Maybe we can do this again sometime. But like I said, everyone, if you enjoyed this episode, please like it and share on social media. Please like and leave a review on Apple Podcasts or subscribe on Apple or Spotify, wherever you're listening. And I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. And I hope you keep listening to Transparent Homeschooling with Carla Givens.